Welcome to Blue Royalty, a London is Blue podcast dedicated to the Chelsea women's team. Um, I don't actually even know how to intro this podcast because I feel like I have personally run out of words. I don't know if I ever actually had the words for how ridiculous, how insane, how incredible last night was. Um, obviously, beating Le- if you've been living under a rock, we did beat Leon on penalties to go through to the Champions League semi-finals. I am joined today by the Athletics, Charlotte Harper, who was also at the Bridge last night. Um, Charlotte, from a from the journalistic perspective, from the neutral perspective, how are you feeling today? I'm quite exhausted. It's like an emotional roller coaster, and I'm not even a Chelsea fan. I came in at half time thinking it was like a really good first half um, in terms of chances, not in terms of necessarily Chelsea's performance. And the other journos were kind of like, oh, well, it was all right. It was a bit flat. And I think they had been to the Arsenal Bayern game and were really, you know, vibing off that fan experience. But I thought the first half was meaty. Leon really took it to Chelsea. And then you just had so many twists and turns. I can't believe the drama that unfolded, but that's the fun of football, right? There's no script. It's not theatre. We don't know what's going to happen. And somehow Chelsea are through and and Leon are out. I know. Um, Yeah, I I definitely feel like I have experienced every single emotion. Like I went all the way to the bottom of my heart and sadness at 120 minutes and you know what 20 minutes later just on the the highest of highs it's like you say it's just crazy like I mean yeah we say it's football but I don't know I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like that in terms of pure smash and grab from Chelsea yeah, because they had their backs against the wall. I mean, those first two big chances from Leon in the opening minutes, Leon weren't messing around and they were real, like, different side to the first leg. They were kind of a shadow of themselves in the first leg and and, and that's where they lost it, losing away, well, losing at home 1-0 to Chelsea. That was their undoing in the end. Yeah, because that, that allowed us to... Take a penalty and get to penalties. Um, Let's get into some of your uh, three-word match reviews. Charlotte, I'll come to you for one so you can have some time to think while I read out everyone else's. Um, Up the trails going with Heart Attack FC. Accurate. Uh, Quite a few people sent in the the Chelsea women's Twitter account tweeted just after we tweeted three-word match review, just Chelsea Football Club. Um, which I I respect Chelsea getting involved with the brand. Okay, it might not have been an official reply, but I'm going to take it as one. Uh, Jack coming in with Lost for Words. Swati, Risen from Dead. CFC Luke goes with Marin fucking me elder. Amen to that. Caden Charpentier goes Ice Ice Baby. Meg Ahern says, what just happened? I'm going with Never Say Never because I didn't believe and now I will never say never because once you've seen something like that there's I think what's funny is I I was thinking during the game that Chelsea in the Champions League have had so many magical fluky ridiculous moments um especially in the run to the final two seasons ago and when I thought we were going out I was like oh it's just such a shame we can't find any of that weird fluky magic but it was there it was there all along we found it again um Charlotte can I have your three word match review 
So you're not going for weird, fluky magic as your three match review. <laughs> I should do. I should do. <laughs> the one that came straight into my head was Anne Catherine Berger. It just fits. That's perfect. Yeah. I mean, we'll we'll talk about AKB a, a bit later, but that does pretty much sum it up uh, quite neatly. Um, we are talking about the game against Leon that was played last night, Thursday, thirtieth of March, in the Champions League at Stamford Bridge. A technically on the night, a two-one win for Leon. Goals from Vanessa Gilles in the seventy-seventh minute and Sarah De Brits in the hundred and tenth before Marimielda scored a penalty in the hundred and twenty plus eighth minute. The, the latest goal in Women's Champions League history, which meant it was 2-2 on aggregate and Chelsea won 4-3 on penalties. Let's start with the, the lineups, Charlotte, because I think this was uh, quite interesting and set the tone for the game. Chelsea playing in... Um, I saw Emma Hayes described it as a 4-4-2. It kind of still felt like a 4-2-3-1 for me, but, you know, who am I to argue with, with Emma? AKB in goal, Eve Perisic, Kadisha Buchanan, Magda Eriksson, Andres Carter as the back four. So Millie Bright missing out on the squad, I guess, as we expected. Erin Cuthbert, though, making a miraculous return. She was fine. Emma was right. Uh, with Melanie Loipoltz in midfield and, and Lauren James kind of just ahead of them. Uh, Neve Charles... On the right, Guru Ryzen on the left, and Sam Kerr up top. Um, Charlotte, I guess the biggest thing actually maybe was was when we look at the Leon team and the fact that that Hegerberg didn't start. And um, I think that was a question lots of people were worrying about. Do you think that that was the right decision from Leon to, to start without her? I don't know how fit she is. I mean, she only came on... Uh, against, I um, can't remember who they played, but at the weekend... Gangle. Gangle, there we go. Um, and scored with her first touch. Um, but that was the only game she'd been back since her injury. So to play 60, 70 minutes, and probably Leon thought, you know, they, they had controlled the game early on. So if they were aggressive against Chelsea and, and needed someone to kill the game, then you would have put your money that Hegerberg would be the one to do that. I think, you know, to expect a player to go in and play 70 minutes off the back of such an injury layoff would have been a, a real tall order for Hegerberg. Yeah, and I think, you know, in terms of the game going to extra time and then penalties, it's kind of understandable to, to want her on at the end. I think it's just interesting, isn't it? I mean... Hindsight's twenty twenty, but when you see like Chelsea's nervy start, that chance that falls to Senior Brun, and you're thinking, oh, if Hegerberg's on the pitch, do you score at that point, and do you maybe put the game, the game beyond Chelsea? Um, some of the stats, so xG wise, one point eight for Chelsea to Leon's one point four. Obviously, a big chunk of that, about zero point eight of that, is is Marimielda's penalty. But I was actually uh, surprised that we got up to one because it did not feel like that in the stadium. Um, and that actually made me feel better about a performance. Uh, so Chelsea had 13 shots to Leon's 18, four on target to their five, 48% possession to 52% possession, um, 16 Chelsea fouls, 13 Leon fouls. This game was scrappy as fuck. Uh, Chelsea had a yellow card, Leon got two, no red cards somehow. Uh, two offsides for Leon, zero for Chelsea, eight corners for Chelsea, six for Leon. Um, Charlotte, I feel like. Like stats wise, when when you look at it like that, it kind of shows a game. And I think Chelsea did this this on purpose, where by 
they were like, we just want to disrupt the play as much as possible, disrupt Leon's flow. And we don't really care if we don't get into a flow as a result, but we just don't want them to start playing well. Yeah, it was really interesting how Emma Hayes said, you know, she lacked confidence in her team building from the back. So Berger was told, hit it long, target Sam Kerr, get those first balls, get those second balls, get the flick-ons, get the runs, and try and disrupt that kind of um, Leon's midfield. As we saw that Aaron Cuthbert and Leupold did so well in the first leg, I thought Leupold's had a great game um, and was much more um, energetic and uh, impactful than Ingle. Um, she took a bloody big bash to the, I don't know what it was, where nose, presumably. Um, so, yeah, and, yeah, so, you know, Chelsea wanting to press with that 4-4-2, don't build from the back, and um, a slightly different tactic. Emma Hayes said they knew, she knew that Leon would come out in a 4-3-3 rather than the diamond that they had used in the first leg. Yeah, and I think... You know, as one of Emma Hayes's his skills, I, I've always thought is that normally, I'm going to say this aside from the Arsenal Conti Cup game, because I think this was an example of where she really didn't do this. But normally she's very, very good at assessing teams after she's played them. And that was a real feature, I think, of when we reached the final was that in, in our run, all of our second legs were at a totally different level to our first legs because it was like Hayes had figured something out about something extra out about the opposition. And until the 77th minute, I kind of felt like that had held true for this game as well. Like I thought some of Chelsea's pressing patterns were really, um, really interesting in terms of, uh, you know, the triggers and who and you'd get kind of guru writing going forward. And then she'd suddenly retreat if they didn't go in the direction she'd obviously been told to expect them to go. And all of that, it felt so much more um, planned and controlled compared to playing City on the weekend. I think we just saw how much everyone had decided to throw that game in terms of the performances we then we then got last night. Um, but we're going to take a quick ad break here. Thanks to our sponsors for supporting the show. When we come back, we will talk about everything that happened in the game itself. So you touched on Charlotte that it was a nervy start to massive chances for Leon in the opening 10 minutes. Um, the first ones just kind of everyone gets pulled out of position. I think Buchanan gets like dragged into a challenge and then everyone's got lopsided. Uh, Cascarino has that shot that kind of like AKB doesn't quite get to properly. Uh, the second one when Magda just passes it to Senior Brun, um, which was literally right in front of me and I screamed basically. Um, at that point, were you like, Oh shit! This like could be a really long night for Chelsea. Or did you, did it? Did you see it as just being kind of like these are opening nerves? They're going to settle down. Definitely not the latter. <laughs> that was like an onslaught um, of Leon pressure on Chelsea and Cascarino. That shot. She seemed to have so much time, and, and nobody got out to her. And Berger spilled it. Um, and then yeah, Brune, you just got to hit the target there and. Um, again, Ericsson was really lucky, <laughs> really lucky. I mean, she gave the ball away in the first leg uh, to Cascarino, who then then hit the post. Um, and my general feeling at that point was 
is this just same old story for Leon this season is that they create and create but just can't score um, and can't be clinical enough. Um, and so, yeah, I was worried for Chelsea at this point. I was like, you know, Emma Hayes wanted to take the game to Leon, but they were just deep and couldn't really get into a rhythm. And I thought, Leon are taking no prisoners. And you saw how um, physical they were in the Champions League final last year against Barca. And I saw that edge in them uh, last night. And yeah, so I was thinking Leon have to score at some point. Yeah, definitely. Cascarino down that right-hand side against Jess Carter. I thought Jess Carter had a, had an amazing game, but oh my God, it was a, a tough task. And I think um, Guru Wrighton was kind of struggling to get up and down the pitch, it felt. And, and that overload with Ellie Carpenter was there. And, and you could kind of see Jess at points struggling to know which player to go with. Um, she made some incredible tackles, though. Um and yeah, Lindsay Horan as well, and and DVD. Like you know, you know what those players are gonna do. Like they're gonna they're gonna be physical. They're gonna try and rattle you. Um, I mean, I will say, I thought Aaron Cuthbert and Melanie Loypoltz more than put themselves up up to the challenge. And maybe Aaron Cuthbert's kind of exactly the player you want in those situations. Um, but I was like, oh god, this is gonna be you know. Conti Cup final like 2.0 basically but it wasn't I we we did kind of settle down I think I think we grew into the game and we started to make some opportunities obviously the standout one being when Lauren James picked up the ball one of the few times she ran directly at Leon that was something that really like disappointed me in James's performance I felt like too often she either went in the wrong direction or when it was on to take players on, she didn't bother. Um, but this was a chance. She plays a, an incredible pass through to, to Sam Kerr. Sam obviously goes one-on-one -on -one and misses. <laughs> as she is uh, as she is wont to do. That, that felt like, even at the time, like a chance that Chelsea could really regret not taking. Yeah, and when you were talking about the um, XG stats... That one immediately sprung to mind because it was such um, a clear opportunity. And one-on-one, -on -one, you, you back Sam Kerr, but she hasn't looked her sharpest. Uh, I think against City, just a touch and offsides. And um, you're just thinking, you know, where do you put it? I don't know if it was too central. I don't know if she was trying to be too clever, but Endler took it flush in the face uh, on the replay. I didn't even see it first time, but right, like just on the lower part of her chin. Um, but I think that that gave Chelsea confidence because what, that was around the kind of 17 minute mark. Um, and you're thinking, okay, you know, you still got something here. And it was alarm bells ringing then for Leon as well that, Chelsea just one goal and that would give them the advantage in in terms of the aggregate score um and then that followed up with with James's shot as well yeah yeah and that again was I think James had a really good first half and and 
well, it's hard. It's so hard to when the game is so long and so much stuff's happened. I'm like, I feel like she kind of faded away. I know she won the penalty, but I was incredibly surprised she was still on the pitch at that point. Even I mean, I guess thank God she was. Maybe she was just to win the penalty, basically. Uh, but yeah, the the James chance just a lovely like dribble around players from a corner, basically, and and a shot that I think it, it was fair for, for Endler to be equal to. Uh, Lucy Ward actually said something interesting about the Sam Kerr chance on, on commentary when I watched the game back, which was like about that you can see Sam Kerr look up and then she obviously looks back down to like steady herself for the shot. And it's like Endler has covered so much ground in that time, like that Kerr's obviously lost her kind of understanding of where she is and that's why it ends up going uh, straight at her and I do think it's kind of credit to Endler on on saving that um, but yeah one of those moments where you're just like <sighs> because Sam's played so many minutes as well I find it very hard to feel frustrated in her performances after the months she's had because I'm just like I don't even know how she's still running around in terms of sheer amount of time on her feet um, but yeah I think all through the that half it felt like and actually maybe through maybe through the first 60 minutes let's say Chelsea's what was good about Chelsea felt like it could be characterized around hard work I tweeted at half time like everyone has done their jobs and everyone just needs to carry on doing their jobs but like players like Neve Charles like Aaron Cuthbert um you know Neve I guess especially because she's not necessarily someone who always gets loads of plaudits but it was just like you run and you run and you run and you make the tackles and you stop them from from getting out yeah they did the dirty work that not a lot of people see and all credit to Neve Charles like her tracking back her incentive to go forward take the defending away find space and that's what always worries me slightly with James is that she has that moment of brilliance, but you really, really need players to dig deep in that scenario as well. And Michael Cox and I were talking about, do you take James off? Because she has that, she is the game changer. She got the penalty. Um, but you, you need the link up play. You need the decision-making. You need the, kind of calm head to know when to dribble, know when to pass. Um, and yeah, I think she did fade away at times. Times she was going just down blind alleyways and doing so much running that you think you're going to get knackered. Like let, let the ball do the work the longer the game goes on. But the longer the game did go on, I was thinking, Leon, I've got this. Yeah. Um, okay. What was the point? What was the point you started to think that? Because obviously, you know, Hegerberg comes on at half time, but I don't know. I don't feel like. I didn't feel immediately like she really got into the game. Um, and obviously, you've referenced like the amount of time she spent out. I think for me, the the turning point in this match really felt like the injuries to Loipoltz and Perise in quick succession around the 70 minute mark I think that's when I, I felt like oh this is unsettling us yeah Leupold's was a was a big miss and Hayes was forced to make those substitutions like she didn't want to make them Perise I thought had a pretty good game but was obviously struggling um and, and then you just think how can the team adapt so quickly and to be fair to Chelsea they did 
they did they didn't look panicked but the goal that they conceded was so poor um i mean uh, all credit to Vanessa Gilles for for getting in front of Ericsson and nicking it underneath Berger's arm at the near post but it was just a bit of a shit goal it was it was a shit goal and i couldn't really i cuz i was at the opposite end i had that like really eerie experience especially in a game where there's not many away fans where you can't really see what's happened but then everyone's just gone silent and it was like this really strange moment where like the whole of Stamford Bridge was just kind of quiet apart from this tiny tiny patch of Leon fans um it is a really it is a really poor goal I think you know it just spoke to to tiredness in terms of like everyone's organization from the dead ball um and yeah, Gilles did well to get into the position she did. Um, I don't. F- I saw some people saying like it was bad from Jess Carter. I think it's very hard. Like, I think she did the right thing to show Lindsay Horan down the the angle she did. Um, I think it was more kind of between Magda Eriksson and, and AKB. One of those moments where you need you almost need it you almost didn't need the other one there it was like magda's presence unsettled akb i felt like when she saw had the ball coming at her and equally having akb so close to magda maybe meant she couldn't quite get in and make the tackle but what was frustrating i think because i felt like if leon scored especially at that point in time we we weren't going to have anything to turn it around because the whole game plan had just been obviously to play for the nil-nil or it had been at least from 60 minutes I would say and what was annoying I guess is it was the kind of goal we've seen Chelsea concede a lot of this season Charlotte where it's not this moment of brilliance it's not this incredible Leon goal it's like a fairly basic play which is just poorly defended yeah like Man City just the fundamentals of not dealing with balls in the box. And as you say, it was quite an awkward positioning. Um, and, and all Leon needed was a nick just to get in there. Um, so, yeah, after that goal, I thought, well, Chelsea, I, I didn't see Chelsea winning that. I thought, okay, Leon are going to go ahead with this and, and really gain confidence and... It had to take a lot for Chelsea to come back. And I just didn't. They were tired. They looked leggy. Um, And if you told me the result that Chelsea would win on penalties, I'd have said no chance. I watched the highlights today before this. And I was like, when Leon scored that first goal, I still felt like we were going to lose. Even though I knew we'd won. Like that's how that's how confident I felt in that moment. I was like, we're gonna lose this game. And I was like, you literally know, like you literally watched us win this game. Um I think though the actually the second one was for me, the ex, the one in extra time, that was even worse. Because I think the first one, it's like the Gilles run is good. It's a lot of like fine margins, and it should have been defended better. But sometimes that kind of stuff it like it is what it is. You could see that people were trying to do their jobs. They just didn't get it quite right. The Debritz goal, this was just pure chaos. And I guess it's what's funny about the Debritz goal is it was almost like that second city goal where once again it was Marin Mielder 
obviously soon to go on and become a hero of this night, but Maren Mielda kind of bull-watching and having that player on the left be totally unmarked when the ball came to her. Yeah, it was like slow-mo. Ericsson's toe poking out, exactly couldn't deal with it, falls to the Brits. And she didn't even get a great connection on it. Um, And then after that, I was sitting just behind the Leon bench and they went nuts. Like the all the players and credit to Leon, like every chance, it was kind of like a wave. They were all rising and falling any chance that they had. But when they went 2-0 up and they felt like they'd sealed the deal in the 110th minute, and Sonia Bompastor and Camille Abbey, um, the manager and assistant manager, turned around and just shouted, Come! Come! <laughs> and they, like, because they knew, like, they couldn't get ahead of themselves. But I was thinking, oh, come on. Like, you're 2-0 up. You've got 10... What are we? My maths isn't that great on extra time. But you've got 10 minutes left to defend. Like, There's no way Chelsea are coming back from this. Um, but the the eruption and then the sudden put down from Bompastel was pretty <laughs> impressive. Yeah, I, I mean, I was like, this is where I just entered into like I well, I felt like I wasn't even watching. It was like my eyes were on the pitch, but like they weren't processing anything. There was that funny bit where the scoreboard went off for five minutes, so I had no idea how much time there was even left. Then it came back on. And it was like so it went off at like the hundred. 13th minute I think and then it came back on like the 118th and I was like literally nothing has happened like Chelsea have done nothing in the last five minutes um and you always say in these games you'll get one last chance you'll get one last chance and Chelsea did get one last chance and we will talk about it after this ad break Here are some songs that you could have listened to in the time it took between the penalty being awarded and Mara Mielda taking it. You could have had Don't Look Back Into The Sun by The Libertines. You're the one that I want from Greece. I bet you look good on the dance floor by the Arctic Monkeys. Or I Want You Back by the Jackson 5. I could go on. Um, Yes, obviously, this then became the most bizarre maybe 15, 20 minutes that I think I have ever had the pleasure of sitting through at a football match. Um, Let's start with the build-up to the penalty itself. My first thought, Charlotte, was when this happened, was why is AKB taking the free kick? Yeah, (laughs) fair question. I was like, when she came up, I was like, great, she's going to go in the box. I was like, she's going to say, I mean, she's like, she's good. It it was good. It was good. But I was just like, okay, fine. I was like, if this goes wrong, it's going to look so stupid that you're your goalkeeper to take the free kick from there. Um, Can you imagine if Leon clear it and then just plonk it down the pitch and loop it over and then they score and that's how they kill the game. Yeah, that's what happened when we beat Bayern, right? In the semi-final. I mean, we were already going through, but like that's how we scored our our final goal. Um, Yeah, I mean, that would have been awful. Yeah. but the you know it gets Sam Kerr heads it back in. Lauren James somehow picks it up um, and gets touched, tripped, trips over herself uh, by Vicky Besho, who I feel very sorry for actually because I thought she was spectacular when she came on. Um, was it a penalty? I have changed my mind on this. I thought it wasn't, and now I actually think it was. I 
don't think it's a clear and obvious error to go to VAR. That's fair. Yeah, I I would I would broadly agree. So if but... you're using VAR and you go to VAR because the a referee has made a clear and obvious error, and then you look at the numerous replays and you see there is marginal contact. I don't know how much contact there is to bring down James on Besho on James. And then you can see, I think it's like the the knee on her hamstring, which probably causes her to then trip herself up as you see James making contact with her own legs. But I don't think it's a clear and obvious error firsthand to see it in first sight like that. So it's a soft penalty. And yeah. Bompasta was not happy. I can imagine, yeah. It's one of those things that if it's given for you, you're like, yeah, of course it's a penalty. And if it's it, given against you, um, you're fuming. The only thing I feel is that we haven't really talked about refereeing because it was just so bad and I hate talking about referees. Um, but I was like, I felt like Leon got away with certain players still being on the pitch um, by that point. And so maybe... Karma was their boyfriend last night. That's what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> but the penalty was given. It took forever. The weirdest bit about all of this, Charlotte, was when she made them all go away because she decided it was the last kick of the game. Which is, again, I don't think I, I don't know if you've ever seen. I don't think I'd ever seen this happen. I was so confused. Never seen it. Everyone's lining up. I didn't know. Everyone's lining up, and then suddenly know. she's. I was like. Has she ended the match? Like, is she not telling them to get off the pitch? I thought she'd reversed her decision and said, oh, no, it's not a penalty or we don't have time for the penalty. And then she was checking that everyone was behind the white line, which is what you have to do. And then then she said, go away. And it was a lot of confusion. But I think it is that it was the last kick of the game, so you weren't allowed any rebounds. Which is crazy. Like, it obviously didn't matter. But I'm like, I would be so mad if... It had been saved, and we wouldn't have been able, like that's just shouldn't be how. Okay, well, didn't happen. It was fine because Marimelda steps up. Um, Emma Hayes couldn't watch, which was kind of funny with having. She's thing is, I was like, it's also Emma Hayes, and she's such a drama queen. I was like, I bet she knows what she's doing with not watching. <laughs> she was thinking about the content already, I think. Um, but. Marion Mielder, there there are very few people actually in this world who I would want to have taken a penalty like that more than Marion Mielder, but Who's it was an list? incredible yes. penalty. Who's on my list other than Marion? <laughs> yeah. No, it probably would be her. I can't lie. I can't. It's hard to think of maybe like Kim Little. She's pretty damn good at penalties as well. But Marion's up there. Um, and... I don't know. When it went in, I was like, this is going to be so horrible if we now lose the penalty shootout. What was the atmosphere like kind of around both benches? Um, What was like the vibe like with everyone in terms of how quickly it had sort of totally turned on its head? Yeah, well, Leon were aghast with the penalty. They were completely in dismay. Um, but Chelsea grouped together very quickly um, after extra time. Emma Hayes giving a rousing speech, Lauren James having a massage on her legs, lying down, listening to the speech like on on her tummy. But yeah, at, at that point, for the 
all that we've experienced, that's when I thought Chelsea have the best chance here because it's a coin toss with penalties and you've got Anne Katchenberger. Um, but what a penalty from Maram Yelda. Like, top bins. Like, absolutely incredible. Emma Hayes said <laughs> um, when she was asked, you know, what's in her veins, and she just said, blue. Chelsea blue. And, and then to go and do it again. That's what was crazy. When I saw that she was going to take the first, so she was going to take, kick the ball twice and it would both be penalties in the space of like literally two minutes to put it in like to the exact same side but low down this time rather into than into the roof of the net I was just like I don't know how she does it um so impressive because there was that whole discussion around Mbappe in the in the world cup final wasn't it mm. of retaking penalties and where you put it and I was thinking about that, and I just thought, well, Marimielda just doesn't even make it a discussion point. She just gets the job done. I guess it's a great example of, like, if your penalty's high quality, it, like, doesn't doesn't matter. Like, do you know what I mean? If she'd taken the, even the same penalty against Endler, Endler wasn't going to save it because she put them in places where you just can't can't get to them. Um, but, yeah, so obviously Marin takes the, the first penalty. Then we have the penalty taker I was most nervous about. So... Samantha Maker, um, because Sam Kerr misses quite a lot of penalties. She hadn't had a great game. She'd obviously missed the 1v1. And I just felt like, oh my God, like this would be so bad. But she didn't. She scored. Uh, Jesse Fleming scored. And great penalty for Fleming. I mean, I, to come I on. mean, that was probably the other person other than Marin. He'd be like, yeah, but yeah. Comes on, does her job, scores a penalty, steps up. Like, she hasn't started uh, and hasn't... Re I thought she'd get more of a look-in in this Chelsea squad in, in recent fixtures, uh, especially how, um, like, a busybody she can be. Um, great penalty from her. Yeah, great, great penalty. Um, and I agree. I think it has been surprising. I just, what I don't understand about Fleming is it was like she was first choice and now she's like gazillionth choice. But who knows the inner workings of, of Hayes' mind around that kind of, around that kind of thing. Um, but then this was really uh, also AKB's big, big moment against Wendy Renard, um, who was, I thought, exceptional. Like Renard's a player who I've kind of felt has been a bit past it in, in some of the past couple of seasons. But I thought last night she was absolutely unreal until this point, thankfully. And it was interesting, wasn't it? Because AKB's penalty technique is is um, so unique. It's so impressive. I don't know why more goalkeepers don't try it because she just gets so much like power off that back leg. Um, and I read your comments with, with Karen Bardsley about it and I'd recommend, if, if you haven't read Charlotte's piece from last night... Um, Go and have a look because uh, Karen's insight is really, really interesting. Um, but AKB had got close to to Marajan's penalty. Um, and obviously Hegerberg's was just ridiculous because Hegerberg is ridiculous. But and this was just after. Yeah, exactly. Um, but this was this was the point where, I, where maybe like the first inklings of thought in my head was like, oh, maybe we're going to win. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, Renard's penalty was really poor. Um, and Bardsley, um, the former England number one, when I spoke to her, was talking about Renard's approach of how straight it was and how that's difficult because then you can't get your body across it to generate enough power. Um, and I think you can just see that Renard's hips opened up and Berger just saw straight through it. Um, and yeah, decisive, committed. And that was the, the, the first save. And you thought, wow, we're, we're, Chelsea Chelsea can do this. And then Lauren James steps up. <laughs> and Lauren James, I guess, maybe was the person I was also nervous about other than Sam Kerr because she's the only Chelsea player who's taken a penalty and missed so far this season. She had one against West Ham early in the season. And that was also an awful penalty. And this one was terrible too. I don't know. I know Lauren James is very, very good friends with Maren Mielda. And I want them to take that friendship to the penalty training pitch. Um, and I felt gutted for her because I thought it was, you know, it it was a lot even to, to step up. Um, you know, she doesn't strike me as a player who kind of worries about that kind of pressure. Um, her brother is also very good at taking penalties, so I can understand why you would think uh, she she would be good, but it just felt like, yeah, one of those moments where it wasn't quite right, but you had to kind of forgive her because she'd won the original penalty anyway. We wouldn't have been there without her. The only thing I thought, looking ahead to the World Cup, is I'm actually really glad Lauren James missed that penalty and Chelsea won because it's just a great learning experience. Under that pressure, stakes are high. You know, if Chelsea had lost, maybe she'd be kicking herself. Um, and it's a lot of pressure to to put on your shoulders like that um, and for the only one to miss. And so I was relieved for James. And, and you saw Hayes' reaction straight away, kind of looking to the to the floor. But again, it's it's another experience that she'll benefit from, learn from, take so much. And it ended well. Yeah. And I guess the from uh, the English perspective, if we're really looking at that, don't need Lauren James to take penalties, England, because we've got Jess Carter. Was that the most surprising of the penalties? I did, I did not see that coming. I did not. But what a penalty again. Like... Insane. Crazy to take the fifth penalty. Just no hesitation. Um, it'd be really interesting to see kind of trainings behind penalties. Like Hayes was saying that every day the Chelsea players fear coming up against Berger because she's just so good. So that means, tells me that they practice them regularly. But it kind of reminded me a bit of Georgia Stanway, how she just put her foot through it. Mm. But yeah. So, you know, Chelsea, I didn't actually realise that I was being just so slow. That if Haran missed, we the Chelsea would win. Oh really? I'd kept I'd kept up, and then and I don't want to make it personal, but I do personally hate Lindsay Haran. So at this point, I was like, oh my god, if this penalty doesn't go in, Lindsay Haran will have lost Lee on this game, and AKB made the save. She did, she did, and again. Um, Karen Bardsley was saying just that one step, the amount of power, and then she's f in full extension, everything 
hands, shoulders, feet are all going um, towards her right post to really palm it away. I mean, Bardsley then pointed out as well, it's a good height. It's a comfortable height um, for Berger to get across. Um, but yeah, committed. And I love, I love, love, loved and catching Berger's celebration. I don't know what it was. It was that like a Emmy Martinez <laughs> imitation attempt. Like the the shoulders and the hips kind of went and the mouth was open. And then she did the knee slide and then like bammed her chest. And yeah, what a Carter and Berger power couple for a fifth penalty conversion and a fifth penalty save. Yeah, I, I feel like that household was was deservedly buzzing last night. I think the dance came from, I feel like she was waiting for the referee to confirm that her back foot had been on the line. So I feel like it's because she, she goes away to celebrate and then turns back to the referee and then because the referee's like, yeah, like it's fine. That's why. And then she does that thing where sometimes people do where you're like, oh, I haven't really planned this now. <laughs> does the weird talk. Which I love. Um, and then, then I was just like, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. And Magda Eriksson's wandering around Stamford Bridge crying and singing Blue is the Colour. And everyone's just, I don't know. I think it was just a mixture of shock, disbelief. I, I still don't know if it sunk in for me, like, to be totally honest. The emotional drain on the players, like seeing Cuthbert in tears. He's normally such kind of, you know, a warrior on the pitch, but wears her heart on her sleeve on and off it. And Millie Bright, I mean, imagine watching that. She must have felt helpless. Um, so, yeah, and on the flip side, Leon absolutely devastated. Lindsay Horan in tears as well. So, yeah, deep yeah. breath. Deep breath. It was nuts. I have never seen anything like it. No, I know. I still can't. Yeah, I still can't quite comprehend it. I think something that was very fitting, though, was, you know, we've we've seen a lot from the Sam Kerrs, the Guru Wrightons. In the past, we've seen Kirby, Harder, come up clutch in important moments for Chelsea. It felt amazing for some of these players, and this isn't the first time that Marimielda and AKB have come up clutch in the Champions League, obviously. Um, Marimielda scored some very, very famous goals for Chelsea in the Champions League. But she doesn't hold the position in the team that she did when she scored those goals previously. AKB has kind of shared minutes with Zatira Musevic. Um, and obviously, you know, her, her journey with her thyroid cancer as well has been an incredibly emotional time. Jess Carter too someone who looked like she had a breakthrough last season, then suddenly wasn't playing minutes again. I think to see those those three players in particular really step up to the plate last night felt like a really wonderful indication of the team that Chelsea are. You know, there's a lot of talk about when Chelsea have big names and who plays and who doesn't play and how that affects people. But I think when you what you saw last night was how well Emma Hayes has created a environment where everyone fights for everyone and, and actually, you know, for any player in that squad, when their moment comes, they're ready to step up for it. Absolutely. And and they were a collective that did pull through. However, 
I was thinking as they're two 0 down at Stamford Bridge, like what's gone what's gone wrong for Chelsea? Like it was a knife edge moment. Lose that Champions League and they've lost the Conti Cup final. They've lost against Man City. Their performance against Manchester United where they won one nil wasn't great. And you're out to Leon as well. Like, is this is this cracks really starting to appear in this Chelsea side? Because they still didn't play well. Not no. to not nowhere near where they could play. And so the narrative is so like, like, yeah, you win and you think, oh, it's so collective and that Chelsea grit and never say never. And yeah, maybe that is what got them through. But on the flip side, if they'd lost just straight out in that second leg 2-0 or or lost the penalty shootout, you're thinking questions need to be asked here of Emma Hayes and her side. So what do you think, Jesse? Are there concerns? Yeah, I think it's an important point. It's easy to get, you know, caught up in the narrative. And I, I don't think anyone's under any illusions that last night, I think I've already described it as like a smash and grab. Um, and sometimes people say, you know, that's what the best teams do when the chips are down, you, you find a way. I don't think that's been true recently, mainly because Chelsea haven't really found a way. It's very hard because I just think with the number of players out, with the the craziness of the fixtures in March, specifically, the level of intensity Chelsea have had to play at, you know, all the way from the Conti Cup final through United, City, Leon twice. I don't know if... Sometimes it feels unfair to judge this Chelsea. But I guess what last night's allowed for, has created, is... There will be more opportunities to judge Chelsea. There's going to be the the toughest game, realistically, I think they could play anywhere in Europe against Barcelona. What I hope is that players are back fit. And, and that's, I think, then what you've got to judge it on. Because Chelsea suffered the, the most like embarrassing, heart-wrenching defeat ever against this team. And I think how Hayes game plans for it, how she motivates the players for it, will actually be a very interesting bellwether on exactly what you're saying. Like, are the cracks we've seen something that's just the nature of a squad that's maybe a bit in flux, tiredness, injuries, or is it is it a sense of, of a manager who's maybe not as into it anymore or can't quite find the solutions that she used to be able to find. I don't know. I, I think that's what will be really interesting. And it would be crazy to say, like, if you lose to, like, Barcelona, like, then your team is bad because, like, I don't... I personally don't see anyone beating Barcelona um, this year. I do think they'll win it all. But I think the le- that level of performance, it would be reasonable to expect a much higher level than, than what Chelsea have shown in, in recent weeks, definitely. What do you think about the Barcelona game? Do you, do you think it's any in any way feasible? I fear. I fear for Chelsea. It, it really depends on getting those players back. There's been a lot of emphasis on Mida Miedemar out for Arsenal and Catley as well. And, you know, Chelsea have had Kirby and 
harder out pretty much all season. So Millie Bright will be a huge addition if she comes back after the international break, like she's been named in the England squad. It'll be really interesting to see how many minutes she plays against Brazil and Australia. Erin Cuthbert looked knackered because she'd given so much. Um, and she's just, you know, a terrier in that midfield. So she'll be crucial to Barcelona. And again, like <clears throat> Alexia Puteas last year was saying that they don't have the competitive rhythm um, in the Spanish league. And that's why they lost against Leon because they're not challenged enough um, domestically. Whereas on the flip side, Chelsea have some huge fixtures coming up and how fresh are they going to be uh, out from the WSL? I suppose the only saving graces that we've got for Chelsea have Bright, Carter and James uh, from the international break. Am I missing anyone there? Charles as well, going away with Charles, England. yeah. But yeah, it, it does seem about... Chelsea need a fully firing team in order to have just the slightest chance against Barcelona. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And then, yeah, I mean, Barcelona are such a tour de force. And 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 the fear factor as well. You have to play it kind of like tennis, like another opponent rather than the mega Barcelona team that everybody's been talking about. Yeah, and I think it will be fascinating to see how you try and do that at Camp Nou because every game I've seen Barcelona play in that stadium, it's it's just different, you know? When their fans turn out, it's an incredible atmosphere and their players obviously take so so much from it, you know, the the whole energy around Barcelona and Catalan pride and that is just like an in incredible force and i'm so like one of the reasons like i wanted to be leon obviously i wanted to beat leon but i so desperately wanted to see chelsea play at cam nou because i think it will be incredible for the players like i think it will be just something you know going there last year when they played real madrid it, it was like one of the most incredible like footballing experiences i've ever had and i'm i'm pleased that the team will get the opportunity to play at what I kind of feel like is one of the pinnacles within women's football in, in terms of the crowds they draw and the quality of opposition. Um, but yeah, I think everyone knows it'll be very tough. But the only thing I wonder is because everyone knows it's very tough and because of how Chelsea got through, maybe it becomes this free hit. Maybe there's a bit of, of freedom there that, and you can find something different as a result. Um before that, though, we do have Villa at the weekend. And I think this one will be interesting, too, because you're right when, when you say, Charlotte, that it wasn't a great performance. There right now are a lot of injuries. How do you think Chelsea turn kind of the energy, the emotion from the end of last night into Sunday's game? It's a quick turnaround as well, isn't it? It's crazy. Sunday's game, which is one that when you look at the league table, if they are still trying to prioritise the league, it's that one's must win as well. I kind of forgotten it was Friday. <laughs> I was like, wait, so they have Friday, Saturday and they're playing on Sunday. 
Uh, Villa are a real banana skin for Chelsea in the WSL title race. They're they're an informed side, and it's just it's not just the physical drain on the Chelsea players; it's the emotional drain as well. Um, so yeah, it's it's cliched, but they just have to take one game at a time, and they are juggling many balls in different competitions. Um, but they will not take Villa for granted at all. And I think it's just doing just doing the job. As we saw in that kind of first half of, of grinding it out, everyone does their, their job and, and solid performances. They know Villa's threats, but yeah, it, it's definitely well within Chelsea's possibilities to get three points against Sun, um against Villa on Sunday. Yeah, definitely. I just hope, yeah, that they, they turn what was, I'm sure, an amazing night into that little bit extra energy you need. Maybe with knowing the international breaks on the horizon as well will help. I guess another big boost is Sam Kerr is not flying to Australia. She is staying in sunny, sunny England, um, which is exactly how I like it for her. Uh, let's quickly wrap up here with a Dan of the match. Um, we put to the vote Marimielda, Lauren James, AKB and Katisha Buchanan. Fair. We haven't mentioned her at all. She was fine, I thought. Um, AKB is running away with the vote on Twitter, 49.4%. LJ in second with 25%. Marin with 20%. Kadisha with 4 I voted for Marin last night in my excitement. I actually think I would now maybe give it to Jess Carter. Who was your standout player, Charlotte, if you had to have one? It's interesting because Mielda coming on as a sub, so she hasn't played you know as many minutes mm. um but without that penalty scoring Chelsea are out uh, and then another penalty um AKB I thought her distribution was brilliant she stuck to the game plan of Chelsea just wanting to hit it long and we know how good her passing range is again without her Chelsea wouldn't have had it so um I, oh, who am I going to give it for? It has to be between AKB and Maram Yelda because they are the game changers. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Well, you can, you can, they basically did that last night, didn't they? I think AKB got the official one, but there were plenty of photos of Maram kind of with one hand on it as well. So you can do what they, they did officially and kind of split it between the two. Um, also, just got to shout out my favourite video of the night, which was Frank Herbie jumping into Anne Katrenberger's arms while Marin Mielder, like, kind of nervously, like, tried to watch on so she didn't fall over in the sense of, like, you're fragile and always injured. Like, maybe don't go jumping into the goalkeeper's arms, even if it is uh, someone as strong as AKB. I thought it was very cute. Um, elsewhere in the Champions League, we by far and away played the most exciting game. Uh, but Arsenal did also win and everyone said they were very good at football and... Blah, blah, blah. It was fine. I watched it. They were okay. Yeah. So they are through as well. They all play Wolfsburg, who drew 1-1 with PSG to win 2-1 on aggregate. Barcelona smashed Roma 5-1. Good stuff. So they won 6-1 on aggregate, and that's obviously who we will face. Um, Quickly from you, Charlotte, what did you make of uh, all of the other results? Anything stand out? Uh, Arsenal's performance, like they've, they're really hitting... Uh, top gear and and that's what worries me about 
Chelsea is that, okay, some of the results may have not come for Arsenal, um, but they're gradually building and were really, really good against Bayern. But then again, Bayern didn't really turn up. They were very poor. And it, that's that's been difficult. Like Sunday with Chelsea Man City, Man City were good, but also Chelsea were poor. So it's sometimes a combination of, of both. Um, Wolfsburg, PSG, I thought Wolfsburg would get the better of PSG. They'll feel hard done by in the first leg, uh, PSG, um, because of the penalty claims. Um, but yeah, Arsenal, Wolfsburg, wow. That is going to be a fixture. That is a mighty, mighty um, tie there. And Barcelona, yeah, as we're talking about with Camp Nou, you thought 1-0 against Roma, what's going on here? You know, that was quite a a narrow scoreline and then they just turn it on uh, at home. Um, And that is quite frightening. Yeah. Yes, indeed. All right. Well, so those semi-final legs... Chelsea's first leg will be played at home on the weekend of the 23rd of April. Let's all collectively pray it's not on the Sunday because I have to run London Marathon and I don't know if I can run fast enough to get to that game. Of course, I will try if it is on the Sunday, but it would be nicer if it wasn't. Uh, Second leg being played in Barcelona the weekend after. Coming up, Chelsea, we have Villa on Sunday night, as we've just mentioned, and then it's the international break. So we've got Villa, Villa... Barca, Barca. Great. That's what that's what we've got coming up. Um, Charlotte, thank you for joining me. Um, for anyone who doesn't know who you are or what you do, please quickly plug yourself so they can find your fantastic work. I am a writer for The Athletic. I cover all sorts, from frozen pitches to France's mess and Corinne Diacre uh, to Anne Katchenberger and her penalty saves. Uh, I've got some stuff coming up on new stadium designs, uh, adapting to women's football and a new women's audience, Um, chatting to Jill Scott on Monday. So, yeah, uh, feel free to go and check out the UK women's football feed on The Athletic, where you'll find lots of other writers chipping in as well. Lovely stuff. Lots of cool things coming up there. Essential reading if you are into your women's football. All right, Chelsea fans, I will be back with you on Sunday. I hope with Nick Fellaini. I haven't asked him yet, but maybe with Nick. Uh, Maybe with someone else as well to break down the Villa game. And March is over. We did it. We got through March. We got through the quarterfinals of the Champions League. Oh, it tastes lovely. All right, Chelsea fans, we'll be back at the end of the week. Until then, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high. (laughs) 